plus minus. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit. Plus minus. That is a word right there. What'd you say? Plus minus. Marcus Thompson. Marcus always telling the truth. Plus minus. The only thing that I would say to Ethan Strauss is that he's a pretty damn good reporter. Um, he's well respected. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Back to the one and two Warriors plus minus. Do we count our wins and losses to match the Warriors? Are we one and two or are we, we are undefeated. undefeated? Yes, undefeated. we are undefeated. We got the boss man Tim Kawakami in the building and Ethan Sherwood Strauss. What's up? Good morning, you two. Uh, Slater might be joining us. I, I don't know. Maybe might have a Laker thing or something. Yeah, Slaker, sure. man. Yeah, he only, he only Slaker does what Anthony Slaker wants to do. Yeah. <laughs> Frank, um, Vogel, so, uh, Frank Vogel might have a question for him or two or something. Who knows? He's just not. If we wanted to know the desperation of the Warriors, was it revealed in the celebration of Damian Lee's game winner over Chicago? I'm looking at a picture of Steve Kerr hugging Damian Lee, and they look like they were—they've been on a on a deserted island, and the plane just showed up. Is what the expression on the faces uh, would be. So yeah, that was pretty enthusiastic. I mean, Steph, winner of three championships, was running and smiling like crazy, like he had never won before in his life. It was a very telling moment. There was two, there was two great games in the Warriors era. It was Game Six in Oklahoma City, and it was Game Three in Chicago. Those are the big two, right there. Those are the most emotional games in, in Warriors history. But hey, when you played as bad as they did to start the season, and by the way, they played bad last night, last night too, mostly. Uh, so that I think it was also game. like it was like it was like relief. It was like, oh my God, we won this game when there's no way they should have. The, the Bulls are not good, but if they just play semi non horribly in the fourth quarter, they win that game, right? I mean, no question. They had to throw it away. The Warriors won it. Give them credit for that. But I think it was also like relief. It was like, oh my, this shouldn't have happened, and we just stole one. And they, they know they needed it. No question. It's an exaggeration to say that they cared more about winning this game than that twenty. 17 Christmas Day game against the Cavs in Cleveland that probably over 10 million people watched where Kyrie hit that shot to win it. You mean the one I, where Steph had like 11 points and was bitched at the end? Yeah, 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 that one. I feel like they cared more about winning this one than that one. I really do. As hyped and big time as that. Because if I think about big time Warriors regular season games, obviously people think about the Thunder game where Steph hit that shot in 2016. Or I think about that the game Portland in particular. game four when he came back. Yeah, well, that no, was... No, but he's saying I, play, was, regular season. Yeah, right? regular, oh, regular season. season. Yeah, this was really... I mean, I had a coach text me before, the night before, unprompted, that this is a this is a big game. This is a big, this is a huge game for us. And that's not a great sign that it is, but they have to be happy that they escaped with their lives in it. Can you imagine what we'd be talking about if that shot doesn't if go If they in? lost. Uh, <laughs> that's why know. sports is funny. Like, yep. It's the Make same game. Make or miss league. It's the same exact game <laughs> if Damian Lee misses that shot. It's the same Except exact it's game. it's wholly different if he misses it. <laughs> like, you, know, that's, you know, uh so I guess we need to start at the most obvious point. At what point does Steve Kerr start Damian Lee? Is that is that what's next? Because he's seven for ten from three on arguably the worst shooting team in the league. He's a guy who's making shots, and Kerr is showing he 
trust him enough on defense to play him because he's he's in the games. Is it worth it to start Damian Lee and pull out Uber? Yeah, I don't. But Uber. Okay, so I'm I'm running rough shot of you guys. I'll I'll give Tim the floor. But Tim had an interesting tweet about Uber that the fans are pulling their hair out, going, "Why the hell is this guy playing? He's missing every shot. It's ugly." But the plus minus is great. But he's playing well, actually, outside yeah. of shooting. Yeah. Now that's yeah, a, shooting's the, a big deal, right? Yeah, it's yeah. huge. Shoot. It's not nothing. But so I think they have to tweak it around him. But he's guarding the toughest guy, you know, usually on the opponent. He's getting steals. They're getting, you know, he gets him out on the break. He's clearly not finishing anything on the break. Either is Steph, by the way. Uh, but. You know, there like he does stuff that's simple. He re- he got what he got eleven rebounds last night. This is stuff that they need. It just means that they have to play around the guy. Did you see that tweet? Like he has not made a shot that is not a dunk this season. That's incredible. But there's Slaker. Oh, there's the Slaker. Slaker. I was on for two minutes, but you did, I didn't want to talk till you allowed me to give that stat. So I see I'm Slaker on, on <laughs> uh, our recording device. I've been named Slaker now. Unbelievable. You are Slaker. That's 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 what you are. He does stuff like you know the, the you know especially against a terrible team like the Bulls. But like how many balls did he deflect? Kick out balls on the ground. He's on the ground. So I think you start him, probably, assuming he's going to make a shot. He's not going to go 0 for 300 uh, this season, which I guess is still a possibility. And you play around him. And then you get Damian Lee in there a lot. I mean, I think he's earned minutes. There's no question about that. And he, he, he might close some games. But I can't pull out Oubre from the starting lineup unless you tell me, like, who you're going to play defensively on Damian Lillard, who you're going to play defensively on Kyrie, you know, who who's going to get that matchup. It's going to be Oubre. You're going to need him to be Oubre and you're going to just hope he makes some shots down. I mean, he's got to shoot 30% from the field, not 0%. Uh, and I think you can probably assume that. I think this team's starting lineup uh, is set. I think it should remain Curry, Wiggins, Oubre, Draymond, Wiseman. Now that includes Draymond coming back, but I think that's just very clearly a starting line. The question is, is who needs to get minutes off the bench? And that's becoming clear that Damian Lee is one of those guys. Michael Mulder, clearly. I mean, because as we talk about Kerr shifting away from, from what the past worries have been, he still wants some of those Kerr-type players in there. And Lee is a Kerr-type player, right? Like smart, moves off ball, can shoot it a little bit, can pass it a little bit, can kind of do everything. Uh, well, high IQ player, whatever you want to say. So he'll play, but hey, I don't think he should start. I disagree. I think Damian Lee has been fighting against the grain of Kerr wanting other types of players because Damian Lee reminds Steve, this is getting way too in the psychoanalysis, but I think Marcus agrees with me on this one. He reminds Steve a little too much of himself. And those type of players need to almost overperform, ironically, to get into the Steve Kerr rotation. Would you guys agree, though, then, that he does play Steve Kerr's style better than some of the other players? He does now, you know, and, and Kerr didn't think that in the last playoff run. You know, we've, we've mentioned that Lee might have helped that 2019 playoff run, but I think he, he trusts him now. You know, this is three seasons into it. How many seasons? Four seasons into Lee's time around the Warriors. And so I think given him versus... Baysmore, let's clearly say it, he's getting minutes over Baysmore. Baysmore is a DMP last night, which is too straight, pretty too amazing straight. given the talk about, yeah. When he played, he played cameo minutes two nights ago, whatever, the, the previous night. Like, you know, he came in the second half real briefly, I think. But 
it's showing on the floor. I mean, he knows what he's doing. If Uber makes three more shots, Damian Lee's not getting in the game. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's... Well, we'll see. Yeah, but he—that—that's three more than he's made. He's made. Yeah, he's made zero shots. He's made zero shots. It is incredible. But he makes zero shots. He had a corner three, a wide open corner oh, three yeah, in the fourth yeah. quarter. I thought that would be the one. Like it'd be like, oh, okay, but I make it. I made it when it counted. Blah blah blah. And he missed that one. Yeah, it's just it's it's just all bad. He made four threes in a preseason game and scored like I think nineteen and like was hitting. I think he might have hit a mid range. Like it's weird how it's just melted down right when the bright light came on. And not just the threes. I mean, this is this is the pull up twos. This is the runners. This is everything. Yeah, I mean, there's a lid on the rim unless he's dunking it or shooting a free throw, and that's bizarre for a six foot six player. It's just bizarre. But you gotta assume it's it it won't last. You know. Certainly zero won't last forever, but we'll see. I mean, can he get to be a 38% shooter, 42% field goal shooter? That would change a lot of things, and and they haven't seen it. I I just say Damian Lee's going to play. Michael Muller's going to play. Jordan Poole's playing, by the way. We could talk. I mean, like, he's still getting minutes, and, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know about that, but if you had to say why is he getting minutes over Baysmore, I would say I don't know, but it is you have to start making some compensations for – a starting wing who cannot shoot. Uh, and that's a lot of compensation you have to make for that. I think one of the changes that Kerr could make, I'm, I'm with Slater. I, I think the starting lineup is pretty set. But I wonder if he should swap Wiggins and Ubre in the second unit because I actually like Pascal like going to work as an offensive player in the second unit kind of more than Wiggins. I don't like the shots he's taking. I thought Wiggins had a great game last night. He was great, but like as the primary scorer in the second unit, Pascal was just better. I want Wiggins with Steph. Like that's not as a passer. Yeah, you don't. You don't need passing. You need score. <laughs> you need somebody to get a, put the head down and get to the bucket. I don't think you need passing in the second unit. I think you need somebody who can put their head down and get to the bucket. It's amazing that Ubre was able to provide value despite missing all those shots and maybe being the worst passing perimeter player who in in the NBA among rotation minutes. I mean that's that's it's crazy. It just shows you what some athleticism and playing hard can do that he wasn't necessarily killing them because it's both with him. I mean he has missed some just obvious passes. You saw it at the beginning of the game against the Bucks where first play of the game, Wiseman flashes wide open under the rim in front of Ubre and Ubre double clutches it and Huey Brown goes, "Oh, you got to you got to make that pass." And that was the first play of the game and there are a ton of those. And it's I mean, that's the Warriors' problem right now offensively. It's not just shooting. We can talk about shooting, shooting, shooting. There's this other aspect where nobody can really pass and and Wiggins made a few a few passes last night and, and and we were just blown away like he was like he was John Stockton in the 90s yeah and, and listen he was good last night like Slayer said he was good I don't know where this came from that he can't pass yeah he can get to the lane and be athletic enough and have enough vision that he can get the ball to the right guy when they collapse on him. Now, can they make the shot when he does that? Uh, you know, we haven't seen a ton of it, but he can do that. Go downhill, but also, like, you know, you're talking about going downhill. Sometimes he goes downhill and runs into three guys, and it's a turnover going the other way. I mean, he and Ubre have done that a lot, and it ends up as a dunk on the other side. 
you put him with Steph, like like in the second unit, that who who you guarding? He's driving into the three people. Like it does every time. It doesn't matter because you got nobody out there who can shoot. I mean, your guy Eric Pascal was doing that. Yeah, a but lot he's starting. He's starting too. from Bully a lower spot though. He, you can at least get him from the lower block instead of like just dribbling from the top to try to get to three people. But I also think if you put Ubre in that unit, he's going against worse players. Like if you put you start Ubre, take him out halfway through. You put him with the rotation. Now he's going up against second unit players with Pascal, and I think like that might open it up. Also, should the starting lineup be set? I mean, I I look at this and I go, I don't understand starting Wiseman unless they start to play differently. Like starting Wiseman makes sense to me if they're going to do a ton of Steph Wiseman screen and roll. That makes sense to me. How about just for the future? If, if they're going to have Wiseman in there and they're not doing that. Given the players who are in there, it doesn't seem like he's getting the ball back. We'll see. They were doing it in the third quarter. I mean, right? They 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 did it in the third quarter. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't have. Fair to say that was his first bad game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was he was terrible. Yeah, he went good. But that's gonna happen. He's 19 years old. That's that's gonna happen. I agree with Slayer. like, and I wrote it, so I would have to agree with it. Like, you take the mistakes. You just you want to see him go through that. Don't go take the pump fake from Wendell Carter. Don't, you know, but you're not going to learn it unless he's out there versus Wendell Carter. You're not going to learn it, you know, guarding Kevon Looney in practice. So, like, these are things that they're just going to have to live with. He's 19. He still, he still hit that three. They did run the dribble handoffs. They did run the high pick and rolls in the third quarter. Didn't run didn't run him in the first quarter. And I have no problem. And then you got Looney. Looney comes in and Looney plays Man, well. He didn't want that Looney Renaissance yeah. stab. In. That's what... yeah, he wants Looney playing 40, 42 minutes. Can we clear the floor? <laughs> Can we clear the floor for Ethan on Looney's game? He was great defensively, but moreover, he's got great chemistry with Steph. And Looney, because he doesn't have some of the physical advantages that Wiseman has, I think is a less valuable second unit bench player than Wiseman can be, and Wiseman can potentially test things out, go against worse players, call his own number. You know, there's a reason why he really popped in garbage time uh, against the Nets. But do you and want so, him doing that, or do you want him playing with Steph? I think it's you a want good him question. With Steph. Yeah, I think. But again, it's not a terrible point. You can do both. You can just take him out early of the first quarter and have him. Come One back helps you this quarter. year. The other helps you for the future. You know what else though? More minutes for him. He can he can play with both, like you said, both units. He could test himself out and also get steps because he should be playing well, probably Chris thirty out. minutes if we're really talking <laughs> about the future. Yeah. With, and yes, by the way, exactly. I do think Pascal as the second unit five, a lot of nights is not bad. We know I've been down on him. I've been down on him, but. When he doesn't have a post player that he's got to worry about running into on offense, he's better. Like I mean, there's going to be centers, even second unit centers that he can't guard. But most nights they'll be he'll be fine, and he can just go, you know, just go put his head down and go to the rim and get a foul at least. And I think that might be a better usage of him than you know this four who can kind of do this, can kind of do that, but is struggling to figure out where. That second unit five is not a, not a terrible spot for him to get some maybe you know a little more space and you know feel like it's 2019-20 all over again where he's just go just do whatever don't yeah, don't worry about everything else and he did he did a little bit of that last night. I can't believe they still got him kicking on that shot. I feel like I feel <laughs> I like they, they were corrected that. He, that happened fast. Slater, who we blaming for that? Slater, who we blaming for that? Who we blaming for that? For the dolphin kick shot? Yeah, yeah. That that's not that is not fixed yet. That's one of those where you ask and they and, and so and somebody goes, "Oh, that's Bruce Frazier." And Bruce Frazier was like, "Oh, no, that's pure Demarco." No, that's <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants it. 
I did a story on it last year, and it was it was very weird because he was go back and watch his first two games in the NBA. He shot a much like pure looking jumper, but he was missing everything. And then remember when he busted out against the Hornets and Blazers? He had like thirty five on ESPN when they beat the Blazers last year. I think it was their first win. He had gone back to that weird jumper, but he was hitting it, and they just they just decided because they knew he was going to play high minutes by that point. And we're just going to need to score a bunch of them. They're like, all right, just do your thing this year. We'll fix it over the summer. But they thought they were going to get a summer league. They thought they were going to get, you know, in the gym without just like, hey, we're wearing masks and you can come in for like an hour and like a one coach, one basket. So I think who we blame for it is coronavirus <laughs> a little bit. 2020. 2020 is the blame. A lot of this, by the way, again, they win the game. It's really hard to judge anything when they're playing the Bulls, who are horrible. God, they're bad. And the Warriors are, might be bad, too, because they were right. There, you know, they almost lost to this horrible. But how many times is Sadoransky, what was his, like, he, he'd just dribble in, the ball would be flinging around there, and all of a sudden the Warriors would have it. Levine scores, but he, what, he had eight turnovers, I think, seven turnovers. I mean, they just kick the ball around, and they give the other team so many chances to stay in the game or to blow them out or whatever. They are bad so like hey pascal looked good well it was against who you know and i thought looney looked good well who was he really going up against so some of this let's temper it but it is better to win than it is to lose it is better to look good you know individually than it is to look bad and there were some and wiggins again i think these are the games where wiggins is gonna look good <laughs> maybe the next one too against the pistons like there's some bad teams out there and they did start against two great teams potentially great teams. that's funny wiseman look good against the good teams and bad yeah teams there you bad. go great point great point great point andrew wiggins to me though is their second best offensive player he's the second most accomplished offensive player at this point i mean i'm taking draymond out of the equation and I think that's starting to show. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear, right? The difference between him and Ubre is, yes, we like the, the higher energy Ubre. Remember before the year, I think we on the preseason pause, like who's going to have a bigger impact, Ubre or Wiggins? Who knows? Maybe it still is Ubre. But Andrew Wiggins is just a better offensive player than Kelly Ubre. And that's showing. He can go get a shot. Now, he can also miss it by three feet, at which you've shown, which you, shoot, which you showed last night. <laughs> like In between the good shooting, he missed one by three feet. But, yeah, he can go get a shot. He can get to the lane. He can make a decision. No question. Well, and also, you know, we're comparing to a guy who has not made a shot this season in, in a lot of minutes. So it's, it's, a, it's a pretty low bar. Ethan mentioned it, and I know he's watched some of the film, like Kelly Oubre just doesn't even see the open three-point shooter. Wiggins was making, like, curl whip-arounds to Brad Wanamaker at the top of the key last night. He probably had, like, seven really nice passes out to three-point shooters. Oubre might not have seven this year, it seems like. There are plays where Oubre drives against two guys in the lane and is literally facing an open corner three-point shooter like Mulder or whoever and just goes up with it. You just things you're not, you're not used to seeing. And it's often Steph. Like over there, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, you just wonder: Can you coach a guy out of that? Because it's just such a. I think he's for his career maybe point nine assists a game. I'm not sure uh, what it would be per 36 minutes or any of that. But you just wonder: Is that something that you can coach? Because he is still young, but it's just something that you you just don't generally see in the NBA. I think that's part of when Kerr says we got to you know alter the offense. We got to do this kind of downhill stuff. Get the get the pick, let him dive, see what happens. Is that uh, Ubre can't do the motion stuff? Can't. That's just like that's not what he's gonna do. And you know he he can't figure out exactly the right spot. He can't figure out where the ball should go. That's just not who he is. 
And so let's just figure out how to work Wiggins and Steph and everyone else and kind of put Oubre in the corner there. Just have him stand. This is what he did on the final play, right? Oubre just ran over to the corner. I was thinking the ball was going to find him because, of course, that normally what happens at the end of games. Always what happens, can't make a shot and ends up with the ball. It did early in the quarter. Just stand in the corner. And if the ball comes to you, it comes to you. But it, it, like that's what he's going to have to do. And let them play a two-man game on the other side or a three-man game, including somebody in the middle, and have Ubrace off as, a, as kind of as an outlet. That, that doesn't mean he's going to have to hit some threes, but that's what I think when Kerr's talking about the downhill offense. It's just You just can't have guys reacting to movement when they don't make the right decisions. I mean, how many times have we seen Kerr pull guys out who can't make decisions? Now, can't make decisions and can't make shots is an incredible twofer. But that's where Uber is right now. That's part of simplifying the offense. It's part of just like, okay, let's just make it Steph over here, Wiggins over there, and everyone else just kind of stand around uh, and maybe set a pick or two. And that, and that's what they're going to do. So we got to talk about Stephen Curry, who, man, it, it got, it got. I think he hit rock bottom this game. But did you see anything to make you think it's over? It felt like there was one moment he missed a shot and started screaming at it. Like he was just screaming at himself. Everybody's got to calm down, man. I would love to know if you could show a tape somehow that hid yeah, what it year was. it was or who the other players were. Maybe you just show him moving and a lot of the analysis that, you know, there's something deeply wrong with him. I don't see him moving all that differently from what it's been in the past. Is he at the level of 2016? I would say no. Is he declining? I mean, every player is uh, on the other end of 30, but he has a game that should serve him well for a while, and it's a high-variance game. So sometimes the shots go in, and sometimes the shots don't. But did you see that hesitation dribble he had where the— I can't even remember who the defender was. So the defender jumped up to just block on the hesitation dribble and flew by. He's an elite player, and I think that has been somewhat obscured by the struggles around him. And he will have to answer for it if they're not very good this season. But I do think there's been an overreaction um, just based on the ball not going in. We're just not used to seeing Steph shoot 9 for 35 from three. Like, it just doesn't happen. Like, he's missed some open threes. Yeah, I disagree. Yeah, yeah he's had them. This is a slump. Yeah, the, nah, like, this is a long one, though. Yeah, it's a long one. And I thought the one where he misplayed the, the wide-open layup was unbelievable to me. Like, I just don't remember him doing that. And it just shows, like, these are this is stuff that's getting in all their heads a little bit. After that is when he, like, started yelling yes, at Yes, exactly. Like exactly. A, yeah, and then, yeah. then he started hitting some shots. So... Like he's still who he is. He's still going to, you know, figure out exactly how to get to the right spot. He's going to set up his teammates. That stuff's still there. You know, again, less dynamic than he was, but it, he would have to be. Still think he's there. You know, it's just a, you know, gonna have to see the ball go through the basket. It is amazing every time I hear people say that. It, but it is true. These guys who've made thousands of shots in their lives have won MVP still want to see that first shot go in and especially then a shooter yep yep <laughs> I mean it's like Steph I mean he keeps saying I think I expect every shot to go in right that's always been his mind like whatever that's why he throws those heaves at the end like I don't think about them missing I think about them those them going in but even then he wants to see that first ball go in and then everything gets easier from there and we're really seeing it this season I think to the start it's like he just is thinking about these shots. He's kind of, There almost was a double clutch, I think, on one of them uh, last night. And that's not what we're used to, but I think he'll get out of it. And I think that one, I'm pretty confident. What you're saying is so clear. On the very first shot, he gets wide open in the left corner, and he misses it. Like, he makes that shot, 
it's probably an entirely different game, especially after the hundred five threes. I bet you he was thinking about it. I bet you he was thinking, all right, now, now I got to make the shot. That's like the home run, home run derby jinx is the 105 video jinx is what it is. By the way, they shouldn't maybe to what Tim was saying, they shouldn't have put out that put the pressure on him. Why would they do like, that? Like maybe wait for the game to happen and then show what was happening in practice. <laughs> wait for the breakout like, game. And then show, yeah, I got a lot of people mad at me for saying that, by the way. But it, it's it's just what you it's a distraction. Like, hey, we're terrible. But look, we've got Steph who can make shots, you know, in practice. It's like, no, you don't do it that way. And then, the, you know, TV talks about it all night long. You talk about what he does in the You can't game. do it while he's not making shots. You can do it after when he breaks out. You can say, hey, this is what he was working on before the game. You don't, like, while he's slumping, put that out. That's that's just, a, that's a that's kind of a crazy thing to do. It's, it's <laughs> warriors from the old regime. That's what I, it totally felt like. It's a great timeout. Forget about what's happening on the court. Just look at what our cute guys can do. And look at these cute little fun things. Now, I, want, I don't want to go on a rant. I, I, I'll stop myself there. But that's what I was responding to. I just want the great timeout theme music in the background. Paying <laughs> the practice banner, you know, practice championship. Don't look at what's on the court. Don't look at, no, no, no. It's, look what happened in practice. That's the stupid stuff from the previous regime that is just symptomatic of distraction, not of what is actually happening. Watch what's actually happening. Not shockingly, I'm with Jim. I'm like, hey, he does this. Like, what? I was looking at something else. Like, it's like, hey, I personally have seen Leandro Barbosa make like 30 in a row in practice. This stuff happens. They're very good. He's Steph Curry. He's going to make a lot of shots in a row. Don't send it out to like think it's like, oh my God, look, we're still great because Steph made him in practice. Win freaking games. Then talk about You just stuff. setting him up. Yeah, you setting him up. He he has to I, make by a the way, I don't the mind I don't mind them putting it out there, but they need the the moment because fans do eat that stuff up. They like seeing the stuff from practice. I think it's the timing. It's just yeah. the well, the no, timing. I agree. I agree. Yeah, you can't be 0-2. You can't be going into a game that is maybe the biggest one they've had since the 2019 Finals. <laughs> and not even maybe, it is. It was. That was the biggest game. Chicago Bulls, uh, Chicago Bulls <laughs> on December 27th was the biggest Warriors game since the 2019 Finals. You can't put that out there. You just can't do it. That was a game between two lottery teams last night. Does it mean the Warriors will not make the playoffs? But if you just took this current version and they played every game this season, yeah, they're no, not they're Draymond back, that many so games. Yeah, it's Draymond getting back. But also, like, this is the test of a coaching staff that is saying – and, and and I'll listen to them somewhat of rusty players nine months off, which is completely understandable. New team reforming. We're trying to figure out who we are. We're already seeing Kerr make offensive adjustments. I will judge this team a lot harsher game 25 through 30 than game one through five. But they better make the improvements that, you know, Steve Kerr says they're going to be a much better team two months from now. They need to be because this is a lottery team right now. You might see it again tomorrow night. And then Draymond comes back and he's going to be rusty. And, you know, we'll see exactly how that all works out. Certainly not going to add shooting to this roster, but uh, probably going to make him better defensively. We'll, we'll see. But, yeah, this is – that was a bad game last night. That was bad. I mean, they win. It was still bad. They did a lot of bad stuff. Steph kind of bails them out at the end. Obviously, Damian Lee, but they, they still got some things. I mean, they could get blown out in Detroit. They almost got blown out by the Bulls there for a while. Like 12 down in the fourth quarter or whatever it was. They're, like going, They're going to get blown out by the Bulls? Bulls had him at arm's length the whole time, too. I mean, it was not not until the Damian Lee shot. Yeah, they stole it. 
last few minutes, the Warriors were coming on. I mean, the last few minutes. It felt like Steph finally got pissed off. That's what it seemed like. Steph finally got mad and decided to forget all this other stuff. Forget the offense. Like, let's just go rogue. Let's just make stuff happen. We will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Let's talk about the defense a little bit. I mean, to me, that's the bigger concern early. I know all the stories are about the offense and, and the, the, the ire of the fan base is about Steve Kerr's offensive system and uh, the need for changes. But remember, that, I mean, we all said this is probably going to not be a great offense this year, but they were going to be a 60 potentially because they'd have a top 10 defense. I know there's no Draymond. I know Wiseman will get better, but this is not a good defensive team right now. If they could just solve one problem, they'd be so much better. The ease with which opponents get three-point shots on this team is insane. Even when they're hot, like they give up the most soft, wide-open threes you ever seen a Warriors team give up. It's crazy. It's like Kobe White, Laurie Markkinen, Wendell Carter. They're all just—it's like practice threes with this team. It's unbelievable. Uh, they're always there's always a player running from across the court because he blew an assignment. It's like if they could just guard the three-point line, they'll be much better. That's why they're doing a zone thing a little bit, I think. I mean, you would think zone's bad against three-point shooting, but it also just keeps people from getting screened, which is what is causing all this crazy. You know, they just, they're getting screened. They're giving up the dribble drive. It's the kick-out stand-up. Or they're giving up but the offensive rebound. Wings. Yeah. Switch it, everything. You know, like, what's the, what's the problem? I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah, and the offensive rebound, I mean, they're giving up offensive rebounds like crazy. And they're just standing still. Ball's coming right back out to the offense. Kick it back out to a three-point shooter. And, I mean, there's... there's doing bad stuff some of it's Wiseman I mean Wiseman doesn't know where to be and I think if you were to critique his game last night um the awareness look it makes a lot of sense that he wouldn't I mean Draymond said it he doesn't know anything you know he's played what one legit college game it makes sense but I think you just want to see more effort it seemed like he wasn't playing with force in that game He's shying away from contact more than I thought. He yeah, would. he needs to play with more force. Except and... when he's going up to dunk, like him and Uber, like dunking. He let Levine come in for just swoop in, and and even like Fitzgerald was like, "Come oh, on, yeah, you James, gotta you gotta get over shot, for that right? one." It was just, like Ooh. he didn't even get off the floor. Yeah, he didn't even get off the floor. He's hesitant on stuff. There's no question about that. But again, he's 19. Uh, and you know, he's seven foot one. He should just like, he's just be seven foot one, you know, just like if that's what you are. Like, you know, Slater was pointing out the screens in his story today. Like you, he's seven foot, he doesn't have to set a great screen at seven foot one in that length. It's hard to get around him. It just is. He's big, not bump people around. People will move because he's that big. He's having issues with him. I just think he's looking around and three things are happening and he doesn't, he picks one of them and it's the wrong one. And clearly that's going to happen for a while. You know what else I'm starting to see with him? It's only three games, but you can feel the game starting to pile up. He looked kind of tired. And, you know, we're talking about a guy who's, you know, really, let's go back in his life. He's played three legitimate games in the last, what, like 27 months of his life or something like that. You know, it seemed like that burst of opening night, that burst of the Christmas day was like, oh, I'm here. Oh, my gosh, I'm playing basketball again. This is crazy. I'm in the NBA. Now it's like, hey, guess what? Another game in Chicago. Get on this flight. Play this game. You know, you're going to have another game in Detroit on Tuesday. These are going to come quickly. (laughs) Yes. And it's a pandemic and they can't even leave the hotel. Like, you know, this is a rude awakening to 
into the NBA life. And I do think we're going to see some some uh, effort lulls. And I thought last night, I mean, I know Ethan ha- has had said this to me. He, he really looked low energy last night. And he is a high, you know, that was their whole thing. When he came to practice, it was like, whoa, this guy is flying around. And, and we've seen that some. But he's a much worse player like anyone, I guess, uh, when he just doesn't have that juice. And he didn't seem to have it as much last night. Play him, play him through it. It's something Draymond will help, I think, too. I think like Draymond screaming at you, I think that's a big deal. We saw this a little bit with George Bell. They just kind of get paralyzed by the processing, and they slow down. And I remember they used to try to get, like, George Bell, just run the floor hard every time. Just run it hard. And he couldn't do it because he was thinking too much. You see a little bit of that with Wiseman, where he's trying to process, and it's slowing him down. Look, he should be going hard no matter what, but big men are what they are. And if you don't, what is the Shaq the Shaq uh, quote about if you don't feed the big dog, the big dog won't guard the yard, you know? He was frozen out of the offense for the first few minutes of the game, and obviously that doesn't mean he's dogging it out of some resentment, but I just think it's harder for a guy to be galvanized if he's just going end to end. That's really the problem involved. when the, the wing dudes yeah. are, can't <laughs> make shots. They're worried exactly. about getting themselves going. It was Uber. It was like, let's get Uber going now. And that's a curious decision, but it really felt like the first Steph quarter. Let's, a little let's, bit. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, let's get Uber going. Like what? He has not made it. Let him get a shot in the flow. Not like, let's get him at the top. And I know Marcus loves this. Steph dribbles up with the ball, and then he immediately passes it to Ubre and starts cutting. It's like, is that the is that how you want to start the offense with the guy who can't make a shot? But if he does make a shot, yes, the early the game is different. The game probably feels different. It's just that we haven't seen it happen yet. Get Wiggins into the offense. Do you really need to do that? Like I would say, get Wiseman into the game early. Is probably is probably the clear. Yeah, they ran one one five pick a row, and I think it ended in a dunk. In the first half, like because yeah, they were playing in the third quarter, they they were, they were playing the, the, the Wiseman Curry pick and roll in the third quarter. It just was weird to watch, like him just kind of he was like nomadically in the in the game, like he just was kind of there. And when and when he got the ball, he took like a a quick long two and airballed it. Like he's just like, yo, I finally got it. Let me shoot it. So you could probably help him. You swish your airball. It's really weird. It is weird. Well, how about him just, but also cold as hell, just stepping in and stroking another three? He's five and six from three. What is going on? It's nuts, right? Like, he had no chance of missing that three. What do we think of his shot? Because with lefties, it always throws me off. I, I, I feel like lefty shots always look a little weird to me. I guess he has a bit of a long windup, but as I wrote about. <laughs> it's like a left-handed swing, baby. It's always pretty with lefty. He releases it just straight up vertical. Like if if that's a shot, that's an unblockable shot. You have to be a big running and jumping to block that. And so, I mean, if he's got that confidence, that's going to be a weapon. The thing I have not seen from him, but I was talking about it, I was asking some questions of DeMarco, who works with him, is at what point does that turn into a pump fake? You know, is that the next step in this? Because... You start thinking, you know, Chris Bosh is the master pump fake uh, artist, and he was so good because he would go right a lot of the time, even though he's lefty off the pump fake, and it would just throw off defenses. But this guy's a lot bigger than Chris Bosh. I mean, he's maybe ver- standing reach, maybe about half a foot taller than Chris Bosh. So that's a potential weapon, but in order to justify the participation, he needs to be better defensively and play with more energy. I would just say he, on his dunk, he did dunk it right-handed, which 
You could go through a a lot of players who have not yet, you know, many years in their career, who have dunked it with the opposite hand. And to come off the pick and roll, get it off one foot, yeah, yeah, go right hand in. He could have dunked it with his left, maybe, but it would have been a little more traffic. It there's there's skill. I'm going to be the Wiseman guy. I'm just going to say there's so much there that if you just keep playing them and let you know, obviously next to Draymond will be very big for him. But just keep, let him feel what it's like to play with Steph. It's what defenses do with him. Let them feel what they you know if they start protecting against your jump shot. What you do next. Those are all important stuff, and, and and I think it's 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 just key for the Warriors to see it and let him feel it. I think he's smart enough where he won't get bad habits, because they got bad habits from last season. I don't I don't think there's any question. And this will this is like with Steph and with Draymond, you'll pick up good habits theoretically, maybe even in some losses. And I think they're going to lose some games, fellas. I think this team's going to lose some games this season. Let me ask you guys about the big man spot because you have Marquise Chris now out probably for the season. And he really only got two centers, one of them Looney, although he played better, has injury concerns so himself. Like talk how many- a little Alan Smilagich, is that what's happening? That's the roster spot, yeah. My, can he be available? Like, can he do that? Yeah, he's in a sweatshirt over there. He's in a red sweatshirt talking to Draymond all game. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's either Smilagich should get – I mean, if they actually believe that Smilagich could become something and this is a developmental year – yeah, they should attempt to, to get Smiley East some stretch five minutes. But if they don't think he can, they, they kind of need to maybe free up a roster spot. I think Dwayne Dedman would really fit this team. And I think a lot of basketball people out there agree that Dwayne Dedman would like they get liked, minutes yeah, on this team. They liked him a lot, yeah. And he was, wasn't he on there? And they had training him. Camp yeah, they had him. Roster, yeah. With him, everybody likes the production he gives, but then he bounces from team to team. And with guys like that, I just always wonder, what's the story there? What's going on? As a third center. Good enough to for, want, yeah, not good enough yeah. to keep. Yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely could see them, and then you'd have, you know, you cut Smilegate at that point. I mean, I don't think we're talking cutting Mulder here, and that's the other option. So cut this Chris, is the point, right? You can't cut, you can't cut him injured. You could, but his money already guaranteed, so that you're not like saving uh, contract wise. And I do think they want Marquise Chris to potentially be part of their future. Like I think they believe if he rehabs, he could be a minimum backup they center for the next go. two years. He'll come back. He'll be back. Like <laughs> it's already happened once. <laughs> but what if you let him go and go go rehab by yourself? No, I don't um, think. I just don't think you know, it's a good idea kind of to cruel. cut injured people. I'll just put it that way. I, I, it's a terrible idea, but. Is it Smilagic? Yes, this season you'd have to. Yeah. you have to cut. He's not his next yeah, you two. You have to aren't. cut and stretch him. I mean, you know, essentially to get rid of some of that luxury tax bill, or play him. Justinian Jessup. Just, he's not Justinian Jessup. Yeah, he, he doesn't count, does he? I just felt like throwing the name out to see. It's what a he's fun doing. name. <laughs> you think they keep Marquise Chris injured over Smilagic? You want to know why I would say yes? Because I think they believe it's a likelier chance Marquise Chris is part of the rotation next year than Alan Smiley Geach. I mean, that's the ultimate. That's the Ouch. ultimate indictment on the pitch. Like, if you're taking a guy with Am a I broken leg. No, no. I mean, they'd be right, but that would be an admission. I also, again, I don't believe in cutting injured players. I just, don't, I just think it's wrong. You know, like you want him to get better at your facility around your guys. He got hurt with you. Uh, obviously, you know, in emergency times, you have emergency situations. I didn't hear none of this when Omri Caspi got hurt. I didn't hear none of this. <laughs> was he uh, hurt? Was, was he actually hurt, by the way? <laughs> he tweaked his ankle. That wasn't... I didn't hear none of this rehab locally, you know, like... <laughs> that wasn't a surgery. And... Tim's probably right about the ethical considerations, but 
I would like some way to bring up Justinia Jessup just because that's the new name that's fun to say. You know, Smiley Geach is yesteryear, Justinian Jessup. We just need more excuses to say it on the podcast. He's got to be Colonel Jessup. That's like the perfect big name. This is the problem with having a developmental player on your roster when you also have Clay Thompson out for the year. And you know, now you have also Marquise Chris out for you. You have three roster spots that are not being used. And a team like the Warriors needs to use them. <laughs> you know, they, you know, they're they're going to have times when they need another center. They're going to have times when they need to figure out what they can do at guard. And this is the problem. If Smilek Each is just a luxury player, this is not. This is what the Lakers can do. It's not what the Warriors can do. By the way, Lakers are developing a lot of guys. I mean, I, maybe that's all luck. I don't know what skill is involved in all of it, but I think if the Warriors can't turn out some of these draft picks, there are going to be some. There are going to be some questions of what is the secret sauce that a team like the Lakers have, or the Nuggets, or the Heat that the Warriors don't. And what's up with that? No question. If, if you know you're throwing out Caruso's and all this stuff. Yeah, there are like useful players that the Warriors are now sort of scrambling around, trying to have their first round pick, Jordan Poole, from a, from a, two years from a year ago, be anything, and their first round pick from three years ago is off the team. The one thing I'd say about Poole so far is I'm more confident when he's going up to shoot from three this season. I'm more confident. Not from two. Especially when it's Not a catch and shoot. When it's a catch and shoot. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, catch and shoot. The problem is that's what he should be. The problem is he makes one and then he starts chucking like, yo, I got this now. Like, that's the Here problem. I go. He Here I take, go. Be cool. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be cool. He'd be all right. And what you mean, man? He was one for one from two yesterday. What you mean? Was he? Two? Okay. I've, yeah. I've seen him hit those mid those mid range or like <laughs> clang. One, one for one. It actually was like an important floater now that you yeah, say that. Yeah, one for one. Let's go. Let's go, George Poo. Way better than Smiley Geach. I heard in preseason <laughs> training camp that, that Bar- I heard Barbosa was just busting dudes in practice. Uh, if, if Barbosa wanted go. to return, would there be a spot for him considering the deficiency? The old, uh, who's the guy who used to do that for the war? Uh, what? Paul Pressy? Presley? Oh, yeah. Tim yeah. Pressy. Was, yeah, he was, Don, I think he, Don he was an assistant guy. coach. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. like, yeah. man, go yeah. ahead, go yeah. ahead and play. Yeah. Got that dude off the bench. <laughs> He was great in Milwaukee. Pressy was incredible. In oh, yeah, he's a, he was a beast. All right, you guys ready for the upcoming schedule? At Detroit to end this road trip, but then the seven-game homestand is actually tougher than I remembered it being. Blazers, Blazers, Kings, Clippers, Clippers, Raptors, Pacers. Pacers are 3-0 and right now. I want to start making more definitive thoughts about this team at the end of that homestand. That gives them much more time to grow, to do it at home, to get Draymond back and in rhythm. What is this? That'll be uh, what eleven games in. What's the success to you guys after eleven games? Like five and six, I think would probably be close, close to five hundred. Yep, yep. Seven and five. They need to run off the court like they did in Chicago. Oh, yeah, they, no, 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 they go no. six and five. I mean, they yeah. To quote Mark Jackson, you just don't want to let go of the rope. Yeah, don't want to let go of the rope. <laughs> I didn't think you'd be quoting Mark Jackson in this podcast. He, too, but, <laughs> he had uh, some good phrases. Yeah, he had yeah, some yeah. good phrases, man. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, don't get swept by Portland. You know, together. Yeah, don't get blown out by the Clippers. Kelly Oubre, you're a knockdown shooter. We believe in you. <laughs> you know, be re- representative again and beat the Kings. You know, like just do stuff that a decent team does. That's all, and that that's. Five and six, it might be four and seven. You know, there's some tough games there. But five and six, I think I, I'll say five and six would be pretty good to come out of that. 
They better beat Detroit tomorrow to, to get to five and six, by the way. I miss certain aspects of Mark Jackson. Uh, I, I missed how, A, how you could just transcribe him so easily because of the cadences and the pauses. The long oh, pauses. Oh, so yeah, good. Yeah. You could just transcribe. And you could always predict what was coming, too. Like, like you, you could kind of feel that next word. He honestly would do something like he would say, Kelly Oubre, we still believe he's a knockdown shooter. We believe in him, and he will continue to shoot. And then when the press conference would end, he'd go, he can't hit anything. We're gonna have to find. <laughs> we have to find a way to get it. <laughs> oh my God! Yes, yes. The... <laughs> Mark Jackson. Drink. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think. Again, I didn't think we'd do five minutes on Mark Jackson on this oh, show. Mark Jackson. But, you know what? I'll, I'll give Mark Jackson good. his credit. Players developed under Mark Jackson. You say what you will. They played D. They played D. He had, you know, David Lee and Monte Ellis on his original teams, and they played D. So that's not terrible. That's not terrible at all. I see three great wins, by the way. <laughs> you see three, three, three wins, wins coming up? Coming up? Yeah, I see well, three. Yeah, you think they get swept by Portland? That would be bad. They I get think they'll win one. I think they get one against Portland. Beat they the better Detroit, win one of those. And beat the Kings. Like, that's it. Oh, you say three more. Three more, not just three total. Okay, so you're saying four and Out of that four next seven. 11. You know something we haven't talked about, but we should probably think about a little bit, is... Uh, Steph's going to get this box and one treatment from these teams. And what are they going to do? What are they going to figure out? That's what I'm looking at as I look down the pipes. They're going to get Damian Lee on the floor, and we're going to need to play some Michael Mulder, too. <laughs> They're going to have to get their shooters on the floor. That's when Ubre comes off. Draymond is going to just become so important to the path of this season. What, what Draymond Green shows up. And you do a box and one, and they do the pick. They do the pick and roll with Wiseman. What happens? He should be free rolling to the basket, right? Because everybody's going to be jumping at Steph. You know, th that's when you start doing that stuff. They're going to do some Draymond Steph pick and roll. Draymond is the dive man. Wiseman in the dunker spot stuff too. Quickly before we get out of here, what do you guys think about this Draymond situation? I mean, like they were, he was definitely trending towards playing Sunday scrimmage. They made him questionable. They had him talk to the media, which very much signifies an expectation he's going to play. He said he hoped to play, and then suddenly they go, nope, he's sitting the rest of the road trip. We want to give him five more days for conditioning. He mentioned conditioning on the call, so maybe it was on his mind even then. I was surprised, and, and I, I know I think everybody was surprised by that. How much time do you really need to, you know, you don't need to play him 40 minutes if he's just playing five minutes Sometimes first. conditioning is good, you know, 20 minutes of an NBA basketball game is good conditioning. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's how you, you go run back and up and down to, to get yourself in condition. And if there's any team for him to do it against, it's that Chicago team, right? Like, <laughs> you go, just go run out he there. It doesn't help your conditioning to go on the road because they just can't find time to really work a guy out uh i will say uh he's been great as far as the slater draymond dynamic over zoom you know it just as an aside has been fantastic he is leaning into like his analyst uh, hat he's been great on the zoom calls and the other day he was watching grizzlies hawks as he's doing the zoom call and he's like answering a question he's like hold on wow john morant this guy's unbelievable <laughs> and then he's like gets back to answering his question i'm like this guy i mean he's a really good analyst you're like uh, kenny smith now slater it's like you're just gonna just gonna back and forth some nba talk how about that hey if he wants to give me a kenny smith paycheck you know <laughs> sorry sorry uh warriors plus minus podcast if i'm being are you saying this this warriors podcast is sorry or are you apologizing to the bottom? I'm sorry. I think he said. Uh, well, I mean, geez, don't we already yeah. pay you enough, wow, man? Wow. wow.
<laughs> you already looking for another check? Jeez. All that money you get for Warriors plus minus? Yeah, we give you the four 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 years, a hundred million dollar mm-hmm. deal, just like we gave Dr- Draymond mm-hmm. gone, and now you're looking for your next yeah. gig. Jeez. No loyalty. Man. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, you guys are the ones to hype me up saying I could be Kenny Smith now, <laughs> suddenly. I mean... I retract anyway. that. My apologies. I retract that. By the way, I mean, this is another aside. I don't mean to ruffle feathers, but... One of the things that's happening is we're not going to games as much, so we're watching more games and just watching the ESPN Christmas Day product. Woof! <laughs> it's like, man. Samus Fendiari put up uh, one of those old NBA and NBC intros of Marv Albert introduction of the big Christmas Day game between the Knicks and the Bulls. And then when you contrast that to the countdown, I I know that there is a lot going on and it's difficult to just get the the season off the ground, but you just hope you just, you just want better. You just want better from them. You know, I'm just taking, taking my shot, taking my shot. There you go. And uh, ESPNG, where did you used to work? Well, yeah, there's no bitterness. I want them to do better. I want... <laughs> no grudges at all. No, no, no not at just, all. You know, play uh-huh. up the game. Stop telling us these details about the players' personalities. It's weird. We don't need to yeah. know that. I was watching, like, they did some feature right before the game. I'm like, going, this should be later. I don't want to see this now. I don't even remember what it was. It was like, you're doing this now? I mean, give me the game. You know, you could do it. I could. I was even writing the script into my in my mind, the modern-day Marv, what he would do for Warriors Bucks. And I would play up the kind of flirting that Steph was doing with Giannis. And then Giannis, you know, struggles in the, in the playoffs. And then... You know, but now Steph's alone and Giannis is recommitted to and to, you know, and today they face off the NBA on ABC, whatever. And it's just you could you can make it feel like a big deal. Like we don't need to hear we don't need to hear about Wiseman, you know, learning, uh, learning different languages or anything like that. We need to know why these guys matter, why this is a big game, why Wiseman's the future. They're just not setting the table. And it just seems like they could invest in more of it and do a better job. That was my takeaway. And I'm saying it just because I don't ordinarily see as much of it as I am seeing right now. Media critic Ethan Strauss. Got it. I mean, I was going to say, NBC, NBC, NBC did it. NBC did it better. No question. NBC did it great. It's, it's not them anymore. So it is sad. It is. Sad. Are we doing a post game Pistons podcast? Is that happening? Or are we waiting until uh, the homestand? What do you guys think? Uh, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do Pistons. All right, Pistons. all right. It's a big one, kind of, right? Yeah, we're arranging this stuff on a podcast now. We're setting up our schedules while we're doing peek another behind podcast. behind the curtain. That's a little okay. peek behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah, a little peek. I, I'm trying to let the listeners know, should they anticipate it or not? Yeah, we will Let's do say one. yes. Oh, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we will do one after the game, after the Detroit game, since we didn't do one after the All 72 game. will be back. All 72 <laughs> will be back. It was all 71 all, now, right? All 71. Uh, you know, I, I gave up on all 82 about three Don't years ago, admit so. that. Don't admit it. It still give the, the, the he mythology. already did many times. <laughs> well, you know, I had I had a bunch of playoff games to go. Hey, eventually I will get to eighty two. Now I cannot necessarily say that about this current you say that's team. That's not happening now. You say, well, you got the play in game. Yeah. You got one. I right? oh, there you go. Yeah. Had an election poll worker during the midterms ask me why Slater wasn't doing all eighty two anymore. <laughs> well, there wasn't games for nine months, so you know. I just like it when they when they see a Warriors loss and just say, tell you that Ethan and I are just so eager to do the all eighty two. Oh yes. Those well, they won and we and they won and oh, we didn't do. The yeah, you go. Pattern so, confirmed. Blame it on me and Ethan. Pattern confirmed. Me and Ethan. 
All right, we've promised Brian Smith to wrap this up before an hour. I think we're verging on that. So anybody else got any finishing uh, finishing thoughts here? You're going to respect <laughs> Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole. <laughs> ESPN's TV product is the Jordan Poole love. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so that means they hit every now and then. Come on. All right, all right. Well positioned. They're getting in the rotation. Feeling good. We're clearly off the rails here. See you tomorrow. It's the smile of each. <laughs> we out. We out of here.